Welcome to another edition of the Side Beer Show, Beers from Lockdown. Volume 9, The Summer of Love. Join the craft beer loving together in isolation. Yes, this time the box of beer from Beer 52 was the latest one. The Summer of Love box from June 2020. And there's some interesting beers in this one. Coming from all over the UK and all over Europe. So let's get into it. Let's get this box of beer open and see what was in it. This is something new I'm introducing to the podcast this week because I always review me opening the box of beer and seeing what was in it so I may as well pass that information on to you. So let's get these beers out of the box and see what there was. First beer out of the box is Mobbly Brew House Big Idea Oatmeal Stout. I'm liking that we're getting little Local breweries like Mobbly. Mobbly are great. Mobbly are from Chester. If you've watched my reviews, you know I drink Mobbly a lot, mainly in Chester. Mobbly is just outside Chester, between Chester and Taffin. It's got a Warrington postcode, so that's oatmeal stout. I'll do the two off the top first. Buxton Brewery, Finca Licho, Extra Porter, Costa Rican Coffee. Broached by Has Been. Oh wow, that's 7.4%. That sounds good. What's the ABV on that one? 5.2 on the Mobbly. There's two in upside down. My next one out is another Buxton. Lupus X Simcoe. 5.4%. I've got Siren. Ooh, Lumina. Don't know this one from Siren. Lumina Session IPA. It's going to be foursome. 4.2. This one is in upside down. <laughs> the Garden. Flat White Coffee Porter. 5.5%. Oh, I've been looking forward to another beer from the garden. These guys are from Croatia. These guys are great. All right, three to go. Northern Monk Eternal Sunshine. Double dry hopped IPA, 5.5%. Collab with Fieldwork Brewing. What's the ABV on that one? 5.5. Fieldwork. I've never heard of Fieldwork. I'm assuming they're American. And another one that's seen upside down. <sighs> the other garden. For some reason, both the garden brewery ones were in upside down. So this is... A Micro New England IPA, 3.4%. A 3.4% Nipah, this ought to be interesting. And the last one out is, oh, White Hag. Oh, White Hag from Ireland. I haven't had White Hag in ages. I didn't bring my Ireland box, so I haven't reviewed any White Hag in a long time. Hopstravaganza, hazy IPA with Crosby Hops and Lofran. That is 6.2%. Nice. So let's go through this one more time. Mobbly Brew House, Big Idea, Oatmeal Stout, 5.2%. Buxton Brewery, Extra Porter, Costa Rican Coffee, 7.4%. Buxton, Lupulus X with Simcoe, 5.4%. Siren Craft, Lumina Session IPA, 4.2%. The Garden, Flat White Mocha Porter, 5.5%. Northern Monk and Fieldwork, Eternal Sunshine, 5.5%. The Garden Brewery Micro New England IPA, 3.4%. And the White Hag Hopstravaganza Hazy IPA, 6.2%. And I also threw in there a bottle of Sainsbury's Taste the Difference American Style IPA at 5%. As there's no particular description for this month's box, I will read you the editor's note from the Ferment magazine as an intro. Welcome to our strangest summer issue ever. 
Long-time readers will know that I usually use this issue as an excuse to get outside, do some silly activities, and drink beer in a beautiful landscape. Not only is this currently impossible, but there is a real chance that lockdown will have eased by the time you actually come to read these words, making this whole thing doubly odd. What we do have this month in abundance is a brilliant selection of juicy summery beers from some of our favourite breweries who we will be catching up with. Take care, enjoy the summer, and only drink the good stuff. So that's Richard Crowe's sales editor's note. So let's crack on, shall we? Our first beer this week comes from a brewery I first experienced quite some years ago when they were just starting out. A Cheshire brewery who I have become a big fan of over the years but never quite expected to see in a Beer 52 box. A brewery from just outside Chester, who I first encountered at the Old Harker's Arms in Chester on the 17th of December 2013. The brewery, oh, the Mobley Brew House. And that first beer I had back in 2013 was called Barnbuster. Almost a year later, in October of 2014, I found them again. One in Old Harker's Arms, a beer called Whirlybird. And then I discovered a new bar on the canal side, just down the canal path from Old Harker's Arms, called Artichoke. And I've become a regular in there ever since as well. And I had a Mobley Brewhouse Roadrunner in there on that same day, on the 21st of October 2014. And then another year passed and I had them at the Forest House Weatherspoons in Chester on the 26th of November 15 when I had their origin. By early 2016, they were running an experimental series called Concept. And on the 4th of January 2016, I had Mobley Brewhouse's Concept Number no. 10, Galena Stout, at the Mill Hotel in Chester, which has since been renamed to Onyx. So that's a short history of me and Mobley Brewhouse. Let's see what Beer 52 thought of them. This article is written by Beer 52's Casey Mather. Speaking to Rick Dean, beer ambassador at Mobley Brewhouse, one thing is clear. This is a man who loves beer. On top of his brewery's beers and tap rooms and plans for the somewhat uncertain future, we chat about how proud he is to have such a close-knit team of beer-loving individuals. We've only had to say goodbye to two members of staff in nine years, and they only left because they were relocating, he says. But what stands out is how often our conversation takes itself off to the pub. We talk about country pubs and post-war pint, town centre pubs and after-work beers. The first beers we ever drank and who does the best West Coast IPAs in the UK. The genius of Pierre Tilquin, the best places for a pint of landlord. And how much he, along with co-owner and co-founder James Roberts, care about cask. It's funny, he says, in all the years we've been making beer, we've seen fellow breweries fall out of love with cask, then get back into it again. I'm glad it's become important to people again, but we're also quite proud that we never stopped making it or believing in it. Local beer found everywhere. Mobley Brewery is a local brewery that really manages to get around. Their beers, which you've almost definitely seen, even if you think you haven't tried them before, are in bottle shop fridges and pub cellars from Conway to Craster, Berwick to Bude. In fact, you might find them on holiday too since they've been distributing their cans to the craft beer loving parts of Spain, France and Belgium. Known for their bold juicy IPAs and imperial stouts, Mobley Brewhouse began, like most good ideas, as a father and son pint session in the pub. The story I know goes something like this, says Rick. James and his dad Phil were in their local, 
bemoaning about the lack of standout sessionable cask beer. Everything was insipid, uninspiring and pretty dull to drink. After a bit, the landlord said that rather than moan about it, here's an idea. Winkle Brewery are selling their small kit. Why don't you go do it yourself? Winkle Beer Co, up in a particularly gorgeous part of the Peak District, were indeed expanding at the time and looking for someone to take their smaller kit off their hands. And the temptation was too much for the pair. And, despite not knowing much about brewing at the time, they bought it, learning how to brew once they had the new kit in situ. Don't you feel a bit better about your lockdown impulse buys now, eh? The new brewers got to work developing recipes for the sort of cask beers they wanted to drink and soon had their own range of beers they could be proud of, and had a newfound respect for the art of brewing. Then James decided he wanted to add a little something extra to their classic beers. After he finished university, James went travelling and just fell in love with the whole American craft brewing scene, Rick explained. When he came back, he brought those big flavours and different beer styles to the brewery. And so the brewery continued to brew bolder, juicier beers, a far cry from the pints James and Phil had been complaining about all those years earlier. By 2017, Mobley Brewhouse had a brand new tap room and shop with a 20 barrel kit installed to meet the demand for their craft beer inspired cask, keg and can range ready to launch. By August of that year, Boom Juice, Route 97, Juice Machine and Unnamed joined the brewery's lineup creating a new range of American-style IPAs, double IPAs, New England IPAs and pale ales. Unnamed came about because we couldn't think of a name for it when we created it, Rick said. Then the designer came back to us with Unnamed as a place-setting text and we thought it looked and sounded great, so we kept it. Their 5.8% Unnamed New England IPA became the first in a trilogy of Unbeers, with Unchained, a more crushable session version of Unnamed, and their ferocious 9% untamed double IPA, completing the triad. Will they make it a quadrilogy one day? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. We'd have to think of a name first. Changing it up. Something they like to do at Mobley is keep the drinkers on their toes. Our concept cask range is an exciting development at the brewery. This is the range where our brewers can use their imaginations and buy whatever ingredients they want and use it to make a beer that's really exciting. Last year, some of the standout concept cask beers from Mobley were Toffee Apple Red Ale and Dark Winter Toffee and Chocolate Stout. But they aren't always quirky seasonal experimentations in fruit and flavour. Sometimes you just want to make a fantastic double IPA with hops and yeast you can't normally get a hold of. Maybe what they really want is to brew a New England IPA with Galaxy. That's what the concept range is for, Rick explained. On top of its concept cask, Mobley Brewhouse has developed over the past couple of years a selection of seasonal IPAs. These four beers look and taste very similar, but actually change to suit the season. Of course there are beer for all seasons, says Rick, but sometimes in the spring you want something a little lighter, and in the winter you fancy something with a little more of a malty backbone. We tweak the hop and malt profile of one beer, modifying the recipe slightly, so it matches up with the time of year. Mobley's cans you might have seen on bottle shop shelves, and their white label special editions as well. These labels are created especially for the range by a talented local designer, Emily Cordell, to stand out totally separately from the brewery's core range and seasonal ranges. Our white label releases happen six to eight times a year, and these beers are one-off special editions, says Rick. 
These never to be seen again get them all their hot beers ranged from styles like Tropical IPA Trouble in Paradise to their Duvet Day Chocolate Peanut Butter Imperial Stout. Release dates are shared on the brewery's social media channels and can be pre-ordered via the brewery's website or from your friendly local bottle shop when they're close to release. Of course, the world being the way it is at the moment, it's hard to say what the future will bring. Mobley Brewhouse have just spent shy a decade building a brewery exactly the way they wanted to and expanded the business to include two busy tap rooms in Stockport and Nutsford over the last few years. These Project 53 tap rooms champion local beer as well as pouring a full selection of their own beers and serving up freshly made pizzas. And they're so popular they'd like to open more of them in different locations. Maybe. Someday. Whatever happens though, they're planning to continue putting good beer first. We're proud of where we are and what we've built, says Rick. We just want to keep on making great beer. So nine years ago would have been 2011. Yeah, that's about right then. So by mid-2013 they were probably just starting to put out their beers to market. So I probably got them very soon after they came onto the market, to be honest. What was the beer that came out of this box? Big idea. A 5.2% oatmeal stout. Welcome to another week of beer reviews. 22nd of June 2020. My first beer tonight comes from a brewery I know very, very well. A brewery that I never thought I'd see in a Beer 52 box, or at least not so soon. Just outside Chester is the town of Mobley. I know Mobley, at least I know it's train station. Because I've got the train back from there when I've been out to Tatton Brewery. Because it's the closest station to Tatton for getting back into Chester. Or well, one of the closest stations to Tatton, the other one being Nutsford, they're about the same distance. And the uh, taxi accidentally took me to Mobley one night instead of Nutsford. It wasn't good because we'd come through Mobley first. I'm glad I was early. So I don't know this bit. So here it is. Mobley Brew House. Big idea, oatmeal stout. 5.2% comes in a 330ml can. There's no details about it whatsoever. It's got just over a year on it. Best before 20th of the 7th, 21. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Not literally, of course, because it's a nice big black beer. Right, let's take this out into my World Beer Festival glass and see what I think. Wow, That completely fizzed over the top. So I'm now holding it directly over the glass. It fizzes out a little bit more. It's another one where I've half lost the key tab. Right, wow, look at that. That is all head. To start with, it's a nice big black beer. So what's the big idea, guys? Giving a beer with that much head. Mmm, smells good. When I said get this down me, I didn't mean it literally. But it almost did. Now that has one massive head. I may have to wait a minute for that head to come down because that has a one, two, three finger tan head. There we go, that head's come down, it's just about dropped off now, so. There we go, look at that, that's down to one finger. Furby white head, that's, that's doable, that's drinkable. Mmm, smells good, but it is an oatmeal stout. It smells like an oatmeal stout. Very malty, slight chocolatiness on the nose. Cheers guys. I'm about ready for this. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh, that is nice. Mmm. Ooh, yeah. 
nice thick a little bit on the juicy side which is unusual for a stout lots of coffee lots of chocolate I'm liking that guys I'm liking that well done Mobbly this is a great beer cheers Mobbly I'm gonna give that a four out of five I'm enjoying that it's weird because it's got like a fruitiness to it and like a bitter chocolate and coffee flavour as well yeah that's nice all right I'm off have a great evening guys I'll see you in a few for the next one have a good one for my second beer after this box I return to Croatia to Zagreb to the garden brewery by now the garden brewery should need no introduction it's a favorite of beer 52's and a favorite of mine but in case you've forgotten or you're listening for the first time this is what the garden brewery are all about rather than doing what their website says which I've done previously let's read you what Buntapt has to say on the Garden Brewery. Founded in 2016 to bring incredible craft beer to the music festivals blossoming on Croatia's shimmering Adriatic coast, the Garden Brewery's beers are made from the experiences that bring us together. From summer thirst quenchers and fruit sours to a creative experimental range, the Garden celebrates beer as a refreshingly simple way of connecting in a sometimes disconnected world. And this was an interesting one, this was a low alcohol beer. Coming in at 3.4%, this was a micro New England IPA. And the description for this one on Untapped says, A low alcohol session version of our New England IPA range. Strong pineapple and grapefruit notes. Let's see what I thought of it. There it is, the Garden Brewery out of the Croatian capital, Zagreb. This is their micro New England IPA from their experimental series. It's 3.4%. I've got my Salopian glass tonight to drink it out of. Citrus, melon, pineapple and grapefruit. This will be interesting. As always, it comes in a 330ml can. Their website is thegarden.hr slash shop. So, let's see what I think of a 3.4% New England IPA. Oh, and again, fizzes up around the room the moment I open the key tab but at least it's not like that one I had the other week that completely enveloped the uh, key tab the moment I pulled it open. Alright that should be enough to taste. Look at that. Nice big hazy golden colour with a one two three finger foamy white head. Oh wow I can smell that from here. Mmm yeah I can definitely smell the grapefruit in that. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Look at that, it's a complete haze bomb that. It's dropped to a one and a half finger foamy white head. Mmm. It's not bad that. Doing this. And the head is completely cleared now. Mmm. Very thick, very dry, there's a little bit of sweetness on it but you put it in your mouth and it literally sticks to your mouth. That is really weird, especially for a low ABV beer. Get more of those turned if you hold them in your mouth for a moment. It's alright. Could be a little bit sweeter for me but I know it's weird because there's a, a very dry taste in your mouth but there's a big sort of sweetness around the outer edge of it. It's really weird. And tap lets me rate in point ones now, as I'm on the experimental system. So I am going to give that, normally I'd give it 
um, 3.75 but I can't rate in 0.5 anymore. Can I rate 3.7 or 3.8? I'm going to on the upper scale. I'm going to get 3.8 out of 5. It's quite nice. It's not quite a 4 but it's not quite a 3.5 either. So. It's very, very weird. And it's only 3.4%. It's got a lot of flavour. You know, that's what's bumped it up that point for me. It's got a lot of flavour. 3.4% beer. It has masses and masses of flavour. Yeah, very, very nice. I've enjoyed that. Alright, have a great evening, guys. Enjoy yourselves, whatever you're doing. Stay safe. When I left you, we are in Zagreb at the Garden Brewery. And that is where we're staying. This is the Garden Brewery Flat White Coffee Porter. There's your can. It's got a cream label with black writing and a brown section with cream writing. And it says, cold brewed iced coffee porter. Rich, smooth and creamy with the notes of roasted almond and dark chocolate. Right, let's get this out into my glass. I have my World Beer Festival glass all washed up and ready to go. encountered the garden brewery in Leeds at the bottle shop on uh, New Brigate a few doors down from North Bar. There is or was I'm not entirely sure if it's still there a shop a bit like Bargain Booze it wasn't Bargain Booze it was some other chain but it was you know, similar to Bargain Booze cheap beer cheap wine and I went in there and I thought oh they do real hours I went in there and I found this brewery called the Garden Brewery thought you know what I'll try that and it was really nice, the first one I had, and I've had them several times since. I've had several in these Beer 52 boxes. I've actually got one left in my spares box. Anyway, that is the beer. It's settled extremely quickly. It's got a next to no head, maybe a one-eighth finger foamy tan head. It's completely foamy. It's leaving good tan lacing on the glass. So this is a flat white coffee porter. I have no idea what a flat white is. The only other brewery I do that do know that do a flat white porter is uh, Alphabet Brewing Company in Manchester, and their flat white porter is actually white. It's a white porter. Nice to see a black flat white porter. Cheers, guys. All right, I'm about ready for this. Mmm, quite sweet on the nose. Definitely getting that coffee. A little bit of something else, can't quite identify so. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Not literally, of course. I don't want to mess up this nice blue shirt. Funnily enough, I found last night after I'd reviewed the beer that I had splashed a bit down my shirt and had to change into a new shirt this morning. Cheers, everyone. Oh, that is really nice. What does it say? Roasted almond and dark chocolate. Mmm, definitely getting the dark chocolate. That is nice. Another great offering from the garden. I'm definitely getting that dark chocolate. I'm not sure about the almond. Mmm. But if you hold it in your mouth for a moment before swallowing, do it like a wine tasting. Hold it in your mouth, swill it around your mouth for about 20-30 seconds and then swallow it. Craft beer tasting is getting awfully complicated, isn't it? We're getting into wine territory now. You do get that almond taste, but if you swig it straight down, you don't really notice the almond. It's there a little bit, but not as much as if you hold it in your mouth a minute. Anyway, that is really, really nice. I'm really enjoying that. This is 5.5%. So that is getting... I've had a couple of things from the garden just lately out of these boxes that I haven't rated too highly, but that is 
amazing. You know what, that is one of the best coffee porters I've had in a long time. That is getting top marks. That really is, that is really, really nice. Really enjoying that. Absolutely amazing coffee pours. Five and a half percent. Really, really nice. It gets a top rated five out of five. All right, have a great evening, guys. Enjoy what you're doing. When I left you, stay safe. We're in Zagreb at the Garden soon. Brewery. And that is where we're staying. This is the Garden Brewery Flat White Coffee Porter. There's your can. It's got a cream label with black writing and a brown section with cream writing. And it says, cold brewed iced coffee porter. Rich, smooth and creamy with the notes of roasted almond and dark chocolate. Right, let's get this out into my glass. I have my World Beer Festival glass all washed up and ready to go. first encountered the Garden Brewery in Leeds at the bottle shop on New Brigit, a few doors down from North Bar. There is, or was, I'm not entirely sure if it's still there, a shop, a bit like Bargain Booze. It wasn't Bargain Booze, it was some other chain, but it was you know, similar to Bargain Booze. Cheap beer, cheap wine. And I went in there and I thought, oh, they do real hours. I went in there and I found this brewery called the Garden Brewery. thought, you know what, I'll try that. And it was really nice, the first one I had, and I've had them several times since. I've had several in these beer 52 boxes. I've actually got one left in my spares box. Anyway, that is the beer. It's settled extremely quickly. It's got a next to no head, maybe a one-eighth finger foamy tan head. It's completely foamy. It's leaving good tan lacing on the glass. So this is a flat white coffee porter. I've no idea what a flat white is. The only other brewery I do that do know that do a flat white porter is uh, Alphabet Brewing Company in Manchester, and their flat white porter is actually white. It's a white porter. Nice to see a black flat white porter. Cheers, guys. All right, I'm about ready for this. Mmm, quite sweet on the nose. Definitely getting that coffee. A little bit of something else, can't quite identify so. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Not literally, of course. I don't want to mess up this nice blue shirt. Funnily enough, I found last night after I'd reviewed the beer that I had splashed a bit down my shirt and had to change into a new shirt this morning. Cheers, everyone. Oh, that is really nice. What does it say? Roasted almond and dark chocolate. Mmm, I'm definitely getting the dark chocolate. That is nice. Another great offering from the garden. I'm definitely getting that dark chocolate. I'm not sure about the almond. Mmm. But if you hold it in your mouth for a moment, before swallowing, do it like a wine tasting. Hold it in your mouth, swill it around your mouth for about 20-30 seconds and then swallow it. Craft beer tasting is getting awfully complicated, isn't it? We're getting into wine territory now. You do get that almond taste, but if you swig it straight down, you don't really notice the almond. There a little bit, but not as much as if you hold it in your mouth a minute. Anyway, that is really, really nice. I'm really enjoying this. This is five and a half percent. So that is getting. I've had a couple of things from the garden just slightly out of these boxes that I haven't rated too highly, but that is amazing. You know what? That is one of the best coffee porters I've had in a long time. That is getting top marks. That really is. That is really, really nice. Really enjoying that. Absolutely amazing coffee pours. 
five and a half percent really really nice it gets a top rated five out of five all right have a great evening guys enjoy what you're doing stay safe now i will see you soon for my final beer before the break we're heading from zagreb in croatia 2460 kilometers or 1528 and a half miles to a brewery in southern ireland 25 kilometers or 15 and a half miles outside of sligo in county sligo we find the white hagger brewing company and we are heading there for a very special beer festival there's no name on this article from the beer 52 from end magazine so i can only assume it was written by Richard Crosdale. Hagstravaganza. Even if you've never had the pleasure of visiting Sligo for Hagstravaganza, you already know it's one of the best festivals in the beer calendar, don't you? But which parts have you heard about? The 90 Taps? The Party Train? The Oyster Farm? I'm going to pause there a sec. I resent the fact that he's automatically assuming you know about this beer festival. I've never heard of it. I'm not that familiar with the beer scene in Ireland. I know White Hag, I know they're a good brewery, but I've never heard of their beer festival. Anyway, let's get back to it. If you look at the Hagstravaganza video, you'll see the local oyster farm in the background, says Bob Coggins, commercial director for White Hag Brewery, and one of the steady hands at Hagstravaganza's helm. The visiting brewers and drinkers love that. They get to go there and look at the sea and eat fresh oysters and drink dry stout. And there's a distillery nearby too. Sometimes you go to a beer festival and you stand at a conference centre and pour beer and drink beer and you don't see anything of where you are. Here you get to see the area and appreciate where you are. Looking at the lineup, it seems that this year is a great beer free-for-all. But there's actually one strict rule around all the beers that will be poured. Bob explains. First time pour on the lineup is the only rule. None of these beers will ever have been poured by us before. That's compelling to anyone coming, especially from around Ireland, because it means there's a good chance of around 90% of the beers will be something they've never tasted before. So Bob tells us more about the breweries that are climbing on board the good ship Stravaganza this year. From an Irish perspective, we try to get six or seven Irish breweries. We always look for the best new breaking breweries, small breweries we think are going to be big one day, or who we just like. They're like our headlines at the festival. We've had Wide Street from Longford and Canvas from Tipperary and plenty of smaller ones on board over the years. We even had Baskland in the very early days. Then we've obviously had your big lads like Lervig, Cloudwater, Northern Monk and Gypsy Hill. Last year we had Sierra Nevada from America. We have a mixture of leaders and the up and coming. There's something for everyone. It sounds like a cliche but that's really the way it is. Tonight I have a can of the White Hag Brewery Hopstravaganza Hazy IPA. This is in a 330ml can. It's 6.2%. White Hag Brewery are from Sligo, but they're not actually from Sligo. They're, they're like Sligo, like Neptune Brewery are from Liverpool. They're about the same distance outside of Sligo as Neptune are from Liverpool. 16 miles south of Sligo, in the town of Ballymote. We find the White Hag Brewery. There's your can. Nice, colourful can. There it is. It is a hazy golden colour. It's got a two-finger foamy white head. Oh, it smells amazing. It smells of 
leaflet and nail frosted producing hops. The head has settled now to one finger. Alright, let's get this down me and see what I think of it. The nose is like a, an orange scent and you get it the moment you stick your nose in the glass and drink it. Mmm. Ooh, that's nice. That is good, I like that. Nice, juicy, fruity. Cheers, guys. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah, nice, big, fruity, juicy. A little bit orangey, a little bit lemony. That is really, really nice. I'm enjoying that. Cheers, guys. It's nice, big, sweet, juicy, fruity. That's a four and a half out of five from that. Really nice, really hazy. All right, cheers, guys. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great evening. Do yourselves what you're doing. Stay safe. Sleep.
Before we get back into the beers from the Beer 52 box in the second half, they had something a little extra and a little different. Let's find out what it was. I had a beer over the weekend, don't usually drink stuff over the weekend, but I decided, you know what, I've had this sat around for a while. I'm going to give it a go. So we're going to kick things off this week with something interesting. A beer contract brewed for Sainsbury's by Marston's Brewery. A bottle of the Taste the Difference American Style IPA coming in at 5% and the description for this on Untapped reads a full-bodied and heartily hoppy IPA tasted by customers aromatic and tropical combining citrus with soft pine notes a full-bodied heartily and hoppy IPA pale Munich and Vienna malts combine with a hefty hopping in this bold brash blast of Americana freshly fruity a distinct yet well-balanced bitterness melds with a rich malt backbone. This IPA is finely lavished with a cocktail of citrusy American hop varieties such as Cascade and Citra, adding amazing aromatics and a fiesta of flavours. But as this is brewed by Marsons I'm not really getting my hopes up so let's see what it tasted like. Oh and I've left my beer in the fridge haven't I? <laughs> Tonight I have for you an invisible beer. One moment. Tonight I have for you a proper sized bottle of beer. This is Sainsbury's American IPA. Coming in at 5%, it's in a 500ml bottle. I picked this up at Sainsbury's some time ago. It has a use-by of 17th of Jan 21. It says on the back of it, Aromatic and tropical, combining citrus with soft pine notes. A full-bodied and heartily hoppy IPA. Let's get this out into my glass. I have my Salopian beer glass tonight. Let's see what I think. Oh, and the taste the difference range. Taste tested by customers. It's even got its own custom bottle cap. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Comes off, we'll go. Wow, the nose hits me from here. That does smell citrusy. There we go, that's enough to taste it. That's enough for review purposes. And I'll finish the rest off in a little bit. That's nice, that. Mm. Nice piney. Get that pineiness it talks about. Very dry. Mm. There is sort of a multi sweetness there. 
But there's also a dryer in it. It must be half past nine because the light's just come on. It is a very dark golden colour. About a quarter finger head. Leaves good white lacing on the glass. Mm. Very sweet, very malty to begin with. It's got a dryness on the back. It's not bad. Could do the a little sweet for my taste, but that's not bad. I've had worse. I'll say that now. The uh, tropicality is sort of cut by the bitterness. Mm. I'll give that a three and a half out of five. Not too bad that. I'll see you soon. The first brewery out of the box for the second half of the show is a brewery I encountered some years ago. A brewery from Wokingham, which is near Reading, who I first encountered in London at the Euston Tap on the 20th of March 2014. They are called Siren Craft Brewery. And at that time, it was the most expensive beer I'd ever drank. On the 20th of March 2014, I paid £6.20 a pint for their Flying Dutchman at the Euston Tap in London. Now, I can't remember if I had a pint. I probably didn't. It was probably £3.10 and a half. And I priced it as a pint. Then, 18 months later, in December of 2015, I found them again. On my trip to York, wow, I can't believe it's been four and a half years since I've been to York. I had their Soundwave IPA at the House of Trembling Madness. Then a month later, I had the Soundwave IPA again at the cellar in Chester on the 16th of January 16. And this is when I started encountering them more and more and more. I've mostly enjoyed their beers I've had over the years. Every Christmas, they run their Caribbean chocolate cake range, which I have at Dead Crafty Beer Company in Liverpool. Couldn't find a description for them on their website, but they've got this on their Facebook page. The sirens of Greek mythology would entice mariners with their magical songs. The voices would entwine into a complex layered melody. At Sirencraft Brewery, we work in a similar way, combining four ingredients that interact together in magical ways to create our ales. Each beer is individual, overflowing with flavour, aroma and texture. Each holds its own secret. Each is a little bit dangerous. Liquid Mistress, Undercurrent, Soundwave and Broken Dream are here to tease, sway and persuade. They gently beckon you to a world of new taste. Let yourself be carried away. Be enticed. And Broken Dreams are interesting. I've had Broken Dream several times. Because Broken Dream is their breakfast stout. But there is variants of it. There's about five or six different versions of Broken Dream. The beer that came out of this box was a session IPA called Lumina. Let's see what Beer 52's Richard Crowsdale has to say. I'm Siren Craft Brewing, with a little bit of annotation from myself, as always. Shining a light on rocky shores. Siren has been a Beer 52 favourite for many years, successfully walking the line between rock-solid, consistent and accessible core range. Its Soundwave IPA has earned a place as a true UK icon, and more challenging experimental brews. Ferment Magazine caught up with founder Darren Anley to hear about how the brewery is faring under lockdown, and in particular, why he's chosen to launch this new core beer. It's a mad time for everyone, but we're adapting, he says. Around 60% of our people are still working. We've just had to make sure the environment is safe for them. Unfortunately, our business is around 85% on trade, which disappeared overnight. The flip side is we've seen something like a 1,000% increase in our webshop sales, which is amazing. It's still far from where we need it to be in the long term, but it definitely helps and I'm grateful for it. 
Even as lockdown eases, Darren anticipates the webshop being a larger part of Simon's business than it was before. As the crisis has brought customers to the site who might not even have considered buying beer online before. Like everything just now though, it's a bit hard to strategize beyond the next few weeks. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Nobody knows what the industry will look like on the other side of this. For example, we're trying to find a balance where our direct sales aren't competing with the bars and the bottle shops we're selling to. But it's also been an opportunity to spend time building relationships with independent bottle shops, which has always been a bit of a weakness for us, and has been something we've wanted to work on ever since we put in our canning line. Darren says the lion's share of Siren's lockdown business has been in its super drinkable core range beers, like Soundwave, which is already having a pretty sensational year, with keg sales for January and February up 100% on the same time as 2019. But have those other channels, such as direct sales and independent bottle shops, even come close to offsetting the precipitous drop in all-important on-trade sales? I think if we'd just shut up shop and batten down the hatches, we'd be in a similar position commercially, admits Darren. It's not like we're going to be making money at this point, but we're still here, still coming in, keeping our awareness out there. I think the real concern, and this is industry-wide, is the shit show we're going to have at the end of this. We've got a debtors list that is just eye-watering, and I generally think if lockdown ended tomorrow, it would be a long time before any of us could get back to business as normal. There's one shining light in Siren's personal firmament just now, though. The long-planned launch of a new beer, Lumina, filling what Darren describes as a gap in its core range, in terms of strength and style. Lumina is Siren's take on a juicy, slightly hazy IPA, and its inclusion in this month's Beer 52 box marks its debut. The observation that people are enjoying this style feels like something of an understatement, and one that might accuse Siren of being a little late to the party. But for my money, a lot of other UK breweries should have spent as much time in honing their recipes rather than hurling themselves onto the bandwagon. Much was the case with Thornbridge's Green Mountain, this beer being given a prime time release because it was finally ready, not simply because it's what people are asking for. Lumina's roots are in Siren's popular suspended range, which was really only ever in keg until its recent canning run. From this, the brewery launched Refractions, a constantly evolving session IPA that was, secretly, a part of an ongoing development process. Once the recipe had been perfected in terms of not only flavour and aroma, but crucially shelf life, it was deemed ready to join the core range. Siren marketing manager Andy Nowlin explains. It's taken us this long to get this ready for the core range because we wanted to absolutely nail it. We wanted it to be an absolute epiphany moment rather than an us too beer. We'll often brew beers that are a bit difficult and maybe challenging, but we wanted Lumina to have a really broad appeal, a style that everyone loves, brewed in the absolute best way we could. The branding is also beautiful, eye-catching, without being gaudy and apparently is a larger canvas of artwork that will be used around the beer, all around the theme of stars and navigation. Lumina means a lot of different things to us, mostly tied to the idea that it's the guiding light, continues Andy. But we also got really excited about thinking of all the mythology themes that are tied to the siren brand itself, and navigating by starlight. We love the idea of how important the stars have been through the different ages. Well, the fruition of all that hard work should be an unambiguously happy day. The Siren team are acutely aware of the odd timing of its launch. For Darren, though, 
It's been a welcome confirmation that, even in the worst of times, the value he set out to instil in his brewery have been vindicated. It's been hard, but there are also so many great things that have come out of this. We've got a really solid team and the way everyone has pulled together has been inspiring. Everyone's doing their best, looking out for better ways to work and generally just bringing the best of themselves to the job. Of course we had a lot of other plans for this year that have now gone out the window. A lot of the activity surrounding Lumina, some really exciting collaborations and other new beers. But I think if we as an industry can keep looking out for each other and thinking creatively about how to adapt our businesses, we can get through this. So that's your intro. I'll tell you what Untapped has to say on Lumina and then we'll go to the review. So this is the official description from Siren on Untapped. Lumina is our shining light. A 4.2% session IPA glowing with juicy tropical fruit notes. Hoppy aromas of mango and pineapple guide you towards explosive flavour. Flashes of delicate citrus highlights our epiphany of a session beer that drinks with the hey guys, welcome back. Welcome to another week of the beer reviews. I'm about ready for this tonight as well. Tonight I have a can of Siren Lumia Session IPA. 4.2% comes in a 330ml can. Get this out into my glass. There we go. Ah, there we go. Yeah, that'll do. That's enough to taste. Ooh, smells grapefruity. Siren, it's Lumina, not Lumia, which is what I put. It should be light, fruity, tropical, piney and sweet. So there we have it. It's poured very hazy, light golden. It's got a quarter finger foamy white head oh yeah definitely smells of grapefruit cheers guys let's see what i think of siren lumina mm. that is interesting See what it means about the dryness on the back end? It's sort of sweet and juicy for half a second and then goes really dry. It's not bad, I'm sure of that dryness. That nice grapefruity piney sweetness stayed throughout. It'd be nice, but it doesn't. The pineness sort of fades to like a dry bitter finish. I'm going to give that a... That stayed nice, sweet, hoppy, fruity, juicy all the way through. That might find itself as a 4 out of 5, but as it happens, I'm going to say 3.5 out of 5. Have a great evening, guys. I'm going to go. I'll be back in a few with another one. Till then, stay safe. And I'll see you soon. It's not often I repeat music week after week. That song was originally intended for this week's show, but I had a 3.5 minute deficit in last week's show, so I threw it in as a filler. But you can never go wrong with a bit of supergrass. Let's find out where we're going next. The next beer came from Buxton Brewery, set in the beautiful Derbyshire countryside. I visited their tap house on a trip to Thornbridge Brewery uh, about two years ago, as I had to get the train from Manchester to Buxton to get to Thornbridge Brewery, as that's the closest train station. So for those of you who don't know Buxton Brewery, here's a little bit about them off their website. Buxton's first ever brew was mashed in on a cold, dark January 1st, 2009. 
The brew house was the family garage and the first batch was about 40 litres. Which anybody who home brews knows, about your standard batch size for home brewing. But nevertheless was consumed with the relish after a tantalising wait for fermentation and bottle conditioning to run their course. Over the following months recipes were tweaked, altered and thrown away and then revived as they searched out information online and in countless books and picked the brains of generous, more experienced brewers. The decision to take brewing to the next level and go commercial was made. And for a while, Buxton Cuckoo Brewed at another local microbrewery. I've never heard of it as Cuckoo Brewed. Uh, I'm assuming they mean Gypsy Brewed or Contract Brewed. I've never heard Cuckoo Brewed, it's usually called Gypsy Brewing. When you go in and brew at somebody else's brewery. I've never heard it referred to as cuckoo brewing before. There you go, I've learned something new today. In January of 2010, with the Jeff going for it full time, brewing on a second-hand 800 litre plant began in earnest. Fast forward nine years and the team, which has steadily grown to be 11 strong, is now based on a 7,000 square foot modern building on Stendon Lane in Buxton. It's custom designed and British built brew house produces around 3,500 litres per brew three times a week. The brewery makes upwards of 30 distinct brews of all kinds and has many other special editions both planned and in its back catalogue. Innovation and super high quality are prime goals, along with a nod to tradition and an almost maniacal attention to detail. All the beers the brewery produces are designed to delight the senses and enthrall the drinker. Not all beers are created equal. Some are big and strong and full of powerful hops and malts. Others are lighter and have subtle nuances of flavour and aroma. All are intended to be enjoyed as a lovingly handmade product, nurtured by a small team of dedicated beer lovers. So there we have it, that's Buxton Brewery. And there were two beers from Buxton Brewery in this box. We'll come to the other one later in the show. For now I had their Costa Rican Coffee Extra Porter. A 7.4% porter came in a 330ml can and it says a rich smooth porter brewed with cacao nibs, vanilla beans and Costa Rican Villa Sarchi coffee roasted by has been with the help of Buxton Brewery. So let's see what I thought of this 7.4% coffee porter. Buxton Brewery's extra porter Costa Rican coffee coming in at a whacking 7.4% comes in a 330ml can and the description on untapped says a rich smooth porter brewed with cacao nibs, vanilla beans and rich Costa Rican Villa Carchi coffee. Roasted at has been with the help of Buxton Brewery. There's your can. It's got a brown label with coffee beans and a vanilla pod flour on it. Three, two, one. Let's get this out into my glass and see what I think of it. Ooh, it's a nice thick black colour. It's got a one finger foamy tan head. Leaves a good tan lacing on the glass. I don't get hit with the smell like I did with the other one when I opened the can, but... Mmm. Has a little bit of a chocolatey nose to it, not too much. Cheers guys. So I think of this. Drink out my sloping glass this time. Mmm. Very bitter. Mm. 
not bad. Extremely bitter, but it's coffee, so you expect that. I like my sweet stouts, to be honest. Roasty, definitely roasty, definitely coffee flavours. Bit of sweetness. Extreme bitterness from the coffee beans. Look at that 3.5 out of 5. It's very rich, very bitter. Alright, I'm going to go. I'll see you soon. Have a great evening. From the ultimate beer this show, we are going to Yorkshire via California. This beer is a collaboration between Northern Monk Brewery in Leeds and Fieldwork Brewing Company in Berkeley, California. There was a really good piece on Northern Monk out of the Beer 52 magazine I did it a few weeks ago when I did the... Was it the Beer 52 Awards? Anyway, so I'm going to now read you what they say about themselves off their website and then a little bit about Fieldwork Brewery from California off their website. Northern Monk. The brewery. Our beer is brewed across two sites. The first is our original brewery at the old flax store where we began our journey in 2014 and is home to our Leeds taproom. We expanded into our second much larger brewery on Sundham Road in April of 2017. Between both sites we can brew up to 18 beers at a time. The old flax store. The old flax store is a grade 2 listed building located in the Holbeck area of Leeds, the spiritual heart of the Industrial Revolution. In 2014 we turned this derelict mill into a brewery, taproom and event space. This building is home to our first brewery which takes up the ground floor of the building. Much of the beer on tap at Northern Monk Refectory Leeds is brewed on the floor below, which means you're drinking the freshest beer that we can serve. We also host tours of the brewery Tickets available via the website. Not at the moment, I'd assume, but they did. Our second brewery site is also located in Holwick, half a mile away on Sindham Road, where eight 100 hectolitre conical fermenting vessels enable us to total our capacity at the site to 2,400 hectolitres. Sindham Road is also the home of our 12 fill head 6000 cam per hour monoblock rotary canning machine that was installed at the end of 2018. The increasing capacity and installation of the new canning line at this site allowed us to increase both the quantity and quality of our beer. And I'll tell you what, if you go to the old flax store tap room on a Saturday and they're brewing, oh what a wonderful smell that is. Because you walk in, there's a narrow corridor there's the brewery on one side behind a set of doors and the metal staircase leading up to the first floor taproom. And if they're brewing, oh what a wonderful smell that is. This beer was brewed as a collaboration with Fieldwork. Fieldwork Brewing Company is in Berkeley, California. Berkeley is 13 miles outside of downtown San Francisco on the opposite side of the San Francisco Bay. Berkeley is a city on the east shore of the San Francisco Bay in northern Almeida County, California. It is named after 18th century Irish bishop and philosopher George Berkeley. Berkeley is home to the oldest campus in the University of California, which you may have heard of and seen on American TV programmes. And I mention Berkeley University because the brewery we are going to, Fieldwork Brewing Company, is located in an area of the city known as University Village on 6th Street. So this comes from Fieldwork Brewing's website. Fieldwork Brewing Company is a craft brewery founded in Berkeley, California with a focus on exceptional, honest beer making. Fieldwork brews are served in our Berkeley, Monterey, Napa, Sacramento, San Mateo, San Ramon and Corte Madeira taprooms and at the finest craft focused establishments in Northern California. 
They've got a lot of tap rooms, haven't they? Our beers are available on tap at any of our tap rooms. They've got their own custom hashtag here. And most are available, hashtag for adventurers to go, in 32 or 64 ounce growlers and 32 ounce crowlers. In late 2016, we began our limited releases can program. So a crowler is like a takeaway can. 32 fluid ounces is 1.66 pints. And 64 fluid ounces is half a US gallon which is 3.33 pints and for those unfamiliar with the craft beer terminology a crowler is a like a takeaway can um, so certain bars brewdog do it or they did dead crafty beer company do it yeah a can it holds i think it's about a liter a standard crowler well it's whatever that said there 1.6 pints 32 us fluid ounces Crowlers generally hold about a litre, they're like a single-use can. So you go into a bar, you pick the beer what you want on draft. So they fill this big can up for you, you pay the price. In Dead Crafty, what they do is you pay the price of, I think it's three pints. So the more expensive the beer, the more expensive the crowler. And a growler is a container, it's like a big jug, similar size. This is what Wikipedia says on growlers. A growler is a glass, ceramic or stainless steel bottle or jug, or plastic, they tend to be more plastic these days. This is used to transport draft beer in the United States, Canada, Australia, Brazil and other countries. They are commonly sold at breweries and brew pubs as a means to take out your craft beer. Crowlers, canned growler, are a more modern and similar concept, a fillable, machine sealable beer can. The selected beer is poured directly into the can and the top is placed on top at a canning station. It isn't reusable like a growler bottle, but easy to transport. The major limitation is the size, which is about a litre. So crowlers are just under a litre. Brewdog canned in 500ml crowlers. Sandy Glenafric Brewery at Birkenhead for a while before they started canning 98% of their beer range. Says in America, growlers can cost between 5 and $30. And you also have to pay for the growler on your first purchase. The price of the growler would be including the price of the beer. It's not something that's taken off here. The closest equivalent would be like during lockdown, a lot of bars have been doing off sales and they've been asking people to bring in two pint milk bottles. That would be a type of growler. But in the US, the growler culture, you know, you're expected to have your own growlers from various breweries and then you take them with you. So when you go to, out to various craft breweries, you take your own growlers with you because everyone's expected to drive. You take your growlers back to the breweries with you and get them refilled. Anyway, I digress. That's what a crowler and a growler is. This beer was called Eternal Sunshine. Let's see what Untapped has to say on it. Eternal Sunshine, Northern Monk Brewing Company and Fieldwork Brewing Company. 5.5% American IPA. What happens when the North and California combine? Working with our friends at Fieldwork, we bring you a bold, tropical, double dry hopped IPA at a sessionable 5% ABV. A collaboration with our friends from San Francisco, Fieldwork, and a beer inspired by our flagship session IPA, Eternal. This mid-strength but generally dry hopped beer features mosaic and comet hops, which combine well for a floral resinous base, highlighted with notes of papaya, grapefruit and dark berries. So let's see what I thought. This is a can of Northern Monk Brewing and Fieldwork Brewing from the Northern Monk Collaboration Series. This is Eternal Sunshine. 5.5% double dry hopped IPA. Has a best before of 
23rd of the 2nd to 21. There's your can, nice bright orange and green colours on the can. And uh, let's see what I think of this because I'm about ready for this. Oh, that foams out a bit. That'll do. So there it is, it's got a one, two, three finger foamy white head. It's a cloudy golden colour. Lots of bubbles in it. Oh yeah, definitely that tropical nose it was talking about. Head settling now, it's come down to two fingers. Cheers guys. Mmm. Smells good. Let's see what I think. Mmm, not bad. Actually, a little bit sweeter for me. Mm. I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. It's a nice mid-range session IPA. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Have a great evening. The final beer for this week and the final beer for this box. We're going back to Derbyshire, back to the town of Buxton, to Buxton Brewery, to a beer from their core range. Buxton Brewery's Lupulus X Single Cop, Single Cop Series. Watch your TV episodes of the bill. Single Cop Series. Lupulus X Single Hop Series, Simcoe. This is a 5.4% IPA. It was in a 330ml can, and the description for this on their website says, Lupulus X is an experimental hop programme. Each hop was carefully selected and properly examined. A celebration of the Simcoe hop. It is the end but the moment has been prepared for. We've come to the end of this box from Beer 52 and for another fortnight, the end of my regular subscription boxes. Well, all I, all the ones I brought with me and all the ones I've had delivered since. So I've got something special for you next week. So to finish off this box of beer, the Summer of Love, Craft Beer Loving, Together in Isolation box, we have Buxton Brewery from Buxton in Derbyshire and this is a can of their Lupulus X Simcoe IPA coming in at 5.4% there's your can it's a black label with green on it it's like a cave with a green waterfall it's a bit weird it's a bit difficult to describe and all the writing's in green so let's get this out into my Salopian brewery glass and see what I think Two. Well, at least it doesn't come foaming over the top like the other one did. There we go. So enough to try. It is a cloudy dark golden colour. It has a one finger foamy white head. Leaving good white lacing on the glass. Oh yeah, smells fruity. Smells of lupulins. Just while the head dies down again, that's tied down to about half finger. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Cheers guys. Mmm. Mmm. A bit dry. I was expecting that to be a lot sweeter. Mmm. Yeah, definitely that hoppy lupulin taste. Lupulins are hop oils. They're what you get when you crush a hop.
Mm. Oh, there is some juiciness there, but it's got very bitter. Or I'm finding a very bitter, malty, biscuity backbone to it. It's like someone's crushed a digestive biscuit into it. Sweet on the beginning, goes a little dry on the back end. Overall, not too bad. Very bitter on the back end. Strange because it's got like a maltiness and a bitterness. That, that leaves a big bitterness right on the back end. I can still taste that now. I'm not sure. No, I'm going to give that three and a half out of five. Bit too weird, bit too bitter. Very dry, very bitter on the back end. It's got no sweetness from the beginning. Goes to a, a long, bitter finish. Cheers, guys. Have a great evening. And do whatever you're doing. Stay safe. And I'll see you soon. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's anything you've seen that you think I should try and review, then you can get in contact by emailing cyberbeer at cyberbeer.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using at cyber underscore beer. Or you can find us on Facebook by typing in cyberbeer. And if you want to see the process in process, follow me on Twitter and Periscope. Periscope is just at cyberbeer, all one word. Or you can watch through the Twitter account or on the Facebook account and go live on Facebook as well. On a Monday and a Tuesday, set your notifications because I never really know when I'm going to go live. Don't have a set time. It depends on the weather. It's sometimes afternoon, sometimes it's evenings. Sometimes it's a bit of both. And occasionally I do a weekend as well, a Saturday or a Sunday. Or both. So just stay tuned to find out what's going on. So like, set your notifications. So you're notified when I go live to find out where I am and what I'm doing that week. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get the next episode when it drops.